Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. I am one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Avian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Nako. Hello. And mobile app developer, Russell Ivanovich. Hey. Hey, 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 everyone. I hope you've recovered uh, all of our U.S. listeners from Thanksgiving. Hopefully you had some turkey, maybe some ham, uh, pumpkin pie. I know I ate a lot of pumpkin pie. Uh, so we, I, had a, I had a fun Thanksgiving, and it was good. It was good. How was everyone's uh, Thursday? I have a question, Yasmin. I must know, Andy, how did the sous vide go? You talked about it on last oh. week's show. We're all very excited. Oh, exceptionally well. Ooh. It's like even uh, I had the last of the turkey yesterday on a pizza and even then like just in a Ziploc baggie, it was still like more moist and flavorful than pretty much any turkey I've ever traveled to a relative's house to eat. It's uh, I will turkey I, I, on I, a pizza. What, what did uh, you what else was on there? Uh, cheese and some sort of tomato sauce. Uh, I also put some hot pepper flakes on it. It's 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 your it's your basic it's 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 a good like uh, I don't know what the official uh, sell by date on cooked turkey is. I'm guessing that by day four or five, it's close to raccoon time for it. Uh, and so it's not so much it's so much let's have a protein involved in the in the cheese rather than just simply fats and carbs. <laughs> so at least there is some sort of protein in there. So, but again, absolutely delightful. So. The great thing is I have a I had a second one though so it was I had like two tubs going one two like I spent the day before cooking all the sides and so those were all like sealed up in in wow. airtight plastic bags and so there was like when I felt like I was about one hour away from wanting to serve Thanksgiving dinner it was like okay so now there are things that need to be reheated go into a separate bath at 165 degrees and then I take out the turkey whenever I feel like it because you have like a you can't overcook things in sous vide that's the deal so it's like it's cooked at a certain point and then you have about an hour and a half or two hours in which to before it start before the 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 tide of 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 uh, of uh, getting you sick ability starts to turn against you once again although i <laughs> I, I, i'll say one last thing though uh after i as soon as i finish this show i have another thing going i've had cooking in the sous vide for 24 hours oh i've had <laughs> what is this, it? this this is something i've only just heard about a month ago and i've been try i've been wanting to try i'm thinking apparently koala. Oh no, no! There. Well, you could. You basically. That's that's how you give a koala a bath. You basically put it in warm water. Within 24 hours, it decides to climb out again. But yeah, it's uh, bacon. Ooh. 24 hour bacon. So the idea is that bacon. Because because it gets so it's it's held at that temperature. It's perfectly cooked, perfectly tender. When you take it out of the bath, the the bacon is cooked. Then you can decide how crisp you want it. So you basically just drop it in a pan just to crisp it up for a little bit. So you don't have to worry about, oh, no, I'm burning part of it and I'm making part of it. No, it's supposed it comes out perfect. There are people who do brisket like that for like 24 hours. So it's like a slow barbecue sort of thing. And because the sous vide can hold a safe temperature permanently, it won't kill you. I know I, I'm just as skeptical about this as I was the first time I cooked chicken at 140 degrees. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to let us know how it goes. Uh, I've made I made bacon, or I'm gonna say I made, but it was totally my husband made bacon in the oven, and like that was actually pretty good because, um, you know, it didn't get too too crispy, but it was like excellent. So, we'll we'll let us know. Uh, what, let us know in our next episode of cooking with material. No, no, I'm gonna go one step further. 2017, 
Thanksgiving material special at Andy's house. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, we just I, invited ourselves over to Andy's. That's why I, I am in charge of the catering because I, this is the uh, our 75th episode Diamond Jubilee, Jubilee episode. And so I, I got us all a cake. <gasps> yeah. There you go. Oh, there's three don't, forks uh, in it. Don't. Don't 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 make me eat this all by myself. Come on, tuck in, tuck in. Alex, <laughs> Alex, delicious. Um, oh. I can't wait to receive mine. Um, nom, 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 nom. That's going to taste delicious nom, after nom. it spends its time going through <laughs> U.S. posts. Is that what it's called? And Australia so, posts yeah. and all the other posts in between. Mm, so well, good. I assume I assume you'll be coming here next year, Andy. Next year, yeah. Special <laughs> episode. I don't know if this is going to keep a whole year. Maybe I better, better eat it all and then. Well, you, like, you just got to do like a one. wedding, you know. You got to you got to save it out, put it in the freezer. Oh, you got to put it in the freezer for a year, and then a year from now, you yeah. got to uh, yeah. And then and uh, then when, then we break up after four years. This will be like oh. you see. This is the kind of crap that you thought was important. <laughs> Being honest about your feelings that wasn't important, but saving the damn cake that was well. Here's your damn cake. Hey, the thing hey, that's important, we, you, you got it. We. <laughs> can't break up until Yasmin gets her drone delivered burrito. All right, that that is. Oh, that it's is all about Yasmin in this relationship. Yasmin, 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 Yasmin needs this. Yasmin. Hey, what about you know what? Andy and I? Yasmin. What about <laughs> Andy and I? Hey, listen. Let's let's say that let, you can't say that this show has not provided uh, happy memories for people. There is. Uh, are you taking a picture of the cake? There we go. Because there it's not going to. I guarantee couple. you, it's not going to be in this state for long. I, I, I missed lunch. <laughs> it looks. It looks really like really good cake. You're going to just have to make me jealous throughout. Just keep on eating it throughout. Uh, but you know, speaking of relationships, uh, you know, may, maybe I, we know that this ha- couple is going to have even better relationships than we have all here together. Uh, there is a listener who sent us a message saying, "Hey, thank you, uh, Virginia Poultrack and Material Podcast, for giving me a great." idea for my anniversary gift and he was saying that my wife loves it and they sent us a picture of them wearing their tasty treats shirt and again we <laughs> talked about this this shirt on material podcast uh, on various occasions so we gave them an idea so you know uh couples that material together stay together so happy anniversary to you uh listeners out there i that's a i, I love the picture it was a it was a fun picture to get i was like oh they got it so <laughs> yeah everything in it it's got android it's got like cool like nerd t-shirts it's got like two of our listeners i just yeah i love this photo plus the whole you know anniversary love thing going on as well well that should that's good that's gonna be that's gonna be our cake for like the hundredth episode the next big milestone we're gonna we make like a cake out of all the snack treats that are <laughs> that are up to that point and so I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that one of them is uh, uh, well, it's too late for buttercream, but find a way for buttercream, uh, angel cake or sponge sponge cake. We can do sponge, yellow sponge, yellow. Yes, we can do yellow cake. Unless yellow you like chocolate, cake. Mm, I don't know about that one, Andy. Oh, I guess we'll have to uh, start thinking of oh oh uh, desserts that we can get on get android to pick up as names uh you know i had family over uh, over uh, thanksgiving weekend we had uh, some family from minnesota come into town including my husband's grandma who is uh, oh man I, mean, I don't know how old she is but, but listen i found out <laughs> 35 or something no <laughs> But listen, she is a part of the great generation because she survived the Great Depression. So just to give you an idea of like how old uh, his uh, grandma is, we put we we took out Daydream and you know of course showed off the Google Home and Daydream and all that fun stuff. And I put it on his grandma. Um, and the thing that I showed her was uh, you know that uh, 
that beast um, thing. What was that spell creating Fantastic thing? Beasts. The Fantastic Beast. Fantastic uh, Beast. So she she likes seeing that for the graphics. Of course, I couldn't really figure out what to do. That one's kind of a harder game to kind of teach people. Hey, just here's a quick look at Daydream because you you can see the graphics and enjoy that, but to actually immerse yourself in the game is a bit hard. But one video that I've actually found that is actually really awesome, and I'm going to put it in the in the show notes, is that you are surrounded by wild elephants in 4K uh, 360. It's on YouTube, so you can view this, just the YouTube video on your phone and move it around. But if you put this in Daydream, it's actually pretty amazing because the elephants get really, really close to you <laughs> and you feel like you are there. And I mean, they're gentle. They're just kind of walking and they're staring at you. And I wish I would have recorded her experience on the Daydream because she was like just laughing like with pure joy, like, this is so cool. Look how close I am to the elephant. Oh, it's so close. And she's, you know, trying to move side to side, looking at the at the daydream and moving or seeing the elephants in daydream. And she just thought it was like the neatest thing ever. And uh, she goes, what is this thing that I'm wearing? I'm like, it's virtual reality, grandma. And she goes, oh, I can't wait to tell my friends at the, at the nursing home all about it. So she's going to go tell everyone about daydream. Uh, so that one's a, that one's a really fun video. And that, it was really cool to, to have her experience that because it's probably something that she's just never never grasped and I and I, those are always like the really fun moments for me when people experience technology in a new way I have to tell you Yasmin this plays into my retirement dream I, I know a lot of young people they look at old people and they're like oh people are so boring they're so old but they're just young people who got old and so my dream is when I retire I'm going to be in some kind of retirement home or village or whatever, like surrounded by other people my age. And we're going to be doing like VR. We're going to be gaming. We're going to be like, I don't know, all sorts of whatever the, the latest holographic tech stuff is. I'm just hoping that retirement turns into, you know, one of the most amazing times in your life, just surrounded by like all this technology. And you've got all day to play with it. You don't need to go to a stupid job or like do any work or, and you're surrounded by other people as well in the same, you know, community. I'm, I'm actually, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm, I'm excited for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> rough, rough week. Rough week. <laughs> 2016. No, it's actually, it, it will in like the, you know, the, the most honest sense of uh, thinking about VR and how you are brought into a different uh, environment and destination. And in some instances, your body can be different. And that would be really interesting uh, to see if as you get older, and maybe there are some things that are, make it harder for you to do, or not even as you're older, but your body is incapable of doing some stuff. If you were to be a part of a VR uh, experience where you were able to kind of uh, do these feats that your natural body can't do, what that would that would kind of feel like. Um, I will say, I will say that I did try daydream after drinking wine one night and I did a roller coaster and a jumping <laughs> out of an airplane one. I got so sick. I had to take off the headset and I was like, oh my goodness, I feel terrible right now. So I do not recommend wine VR and jumping out of airplanes. There's a reason why these things are washable, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But see, it's, you know, it's, it's even simpler things like that. I mean, this conversation has got me thinking back to uh, uh, my dad uh, had a uh, was uh, needed uh, needed to be in a nursing home for the last like year and a half because of uh, uh, because of a uh, because of disease that. Uh, yeah, of course he didn't survive. And I remember how difficult it was to like to be sort of like the uh, uh, the, the the commissar of information technology <laughs> at a time where it wasn't even that long ago, maybe eight or nine or ten years ago, to have this radical thing where it said, "Look, I need trying to ask the nursing station. I need if you give me the, the the password to like your Wi-Fi, or if you just let me put a box on the Wi-Fi for two hours, I can actually have my dad video chatting." 
with my mom, who also can't come, uh, can't easily come to the clinic, uh, video chatting with uh, with uh, his uh, his relatives that are 200, 300 miles away. And I think this is a good thing. And for us now, it's just that, oh, well, I got a phone. <laughs> Does the other person have a phone? They yeah. got a phone? Great. Okay. it's we'll, Let's push one yeah. button and we'll have people talking to each other. So that's the, that's the sort of stuff that really makes me happy. I mean, even uh, uh, times when I've had, uh, when I've had uh, holidays where... Uh, I haven't been alone per se. I might have been the only person in my house, but one of the reasons why I chose to be the only person in my house is because I know I will be visiting, you know, about eight or nine or 10 or 11 different friends along the way as we, you know, keep sending things to each other on Snapchat, as we keep Instagramming stuff and keep coming to each other and then, you know, Skyping because we got something to show uh, to show off. I mean, it's it's this is a, a world that our uh, our parents and grandparents could not really uh, understand. Although it's, it's, I will say, I will say, it is. It, I, I I do have uh, respect for you. To, to I I am very very tentative when I know that I'm talking about this sort of stuff with someone who is a combat veteran, survived the depression, or is an immigrant. Because anything that I talk about about how difficult something is for me to do. That's not, that's no good. Or anything where I say that, oh yeah, well, it, it, this, this this phone only cost me five hundred dollars. And well, didn't you have a? Didn't you already have a phone? Well, yeah, but it's two years old. Let me oh. tell you, five hundred dollars. I I would still have. You would still have a great uncle Cyrus if my great my mother had had five hundred dollars. Because like, I'm sorry, I just I like the camera, Grandma. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. I'm stupid. I'm horrible. The story she has, the story she has, oh man, uh, every time she comes over, I just, I love hearing it. And especially because she, and I won't get into a tangent, but she grew up in a different, she grew up maybe in the same time as my grandma, uh, but a, a different era. My, 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 my grandma was born in the U.S., but actually grew up in Mexico and then later came back to the, the United States. But my, uh, you know, my husband's grandma grew up in, in the Midwest, Minnesota. So they both had different experiences. Um, and so it's just always so just fascinating hearing about their backgrounds and stuff. So uh, it is technology. It is kind of wild uh, thing about it. You know, I, it just I can't imagine the stuff that they're going to have when uh, I'm older. And, you know, they're they're probably going to have holodecks. You, you won't even have to do the VR land party, Russell. You will be inside of a, an actual holiday. I don't know if I'm up for a holiday. <laughs> but- I c- it could be a little bit <laughs> infirm. Like I'm quite happy to sit down all day. That's that's my other dream of retirement. We don't have to run around in a holodeck. I'm, if you can just make VR better, then, then I'm all for <laughs> then it. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> I will say one more thing. Uh, we were using Google Home to cast stuff from YouTube, you know, onto the living room. Um, and she was having fun watching all the YouTube videos. And we're like, Grandma, are you going to get hooked on YouTube and she was like oh this is so funny and I was like all right we're gonna we're gonna go to your nursing home we're gonna get your Google home we're gonna get your Chromecast hook it up to your uh, display they have like a movie night thing and then you can watch YouTube videos all day so yeah no this is this is I mean I'm I'm uh, this is we're we're still in sort of post holiday glow, so we're we're, we're, we're sort of in that, that frame of mind. But, but you you really don't uh, even those of us who spend all of our time thinking about technology, we just don't know how these things are going to be applied until we get these stories back. And I was just uh, talking to a friend of mine who was again has a, a friend or a relative who needs long term nursing care, and uh, the uh, Amazon Alexa, uh, the Amazon Echo has just solved so many problems because. Uh, for a long time, they've been trying to figure out. Well, how do we? She she's missing music, and can I put a radio in her room? But she, then she'll have to get up and turn it off and turn it on. And maybe it's not going to. It's, it's it's radio, so it's going to be full of like ads for <laughs> for survivalists buying gold and rice and stuff like that. But she can just say, you know, hey Shlomo, 
uh, play me so play me some Brahms or play me some Buddy Holly or play me uh, uh, play me some some Beatles and that's just what happens or next song or like this song or favorite this song without having to get out of bed without having to move and it's like my goodness I've been I've been to- there's a whole, there's a whole aspect of this stuff that you just didn't even pay attention to. Yeah, I did have some, uh, you know, black, I did do some Black Friday shopping. I bought some extra Hue lights. So I've been controlling my home via Google Home, uh, which has been really fun, except for the instances where Google can't help me with that. And then I just have to yell at it and say, Google it, because that's what you do, Google Home. <sighs> but no. I've been finding the same thing. I'm sorry that I, re- I really wish the microphone array on the Google Home were as good as on my Amazon Echo. Because I can uh, even now, if I'm not saying the the, the hot word for uh, for Amazon Echo, it's not to avoid triggering other people's. It's to avoid triggering the device in the other room. Whereas I used to have it. My first place for it, my, the uh, Google Home, was kind of like on the headboard shelf behind my head because I thought, okay, if it gives me an alarm, I'll be able to see it if I want to have music. But I find that if I'm just talking in the wrong direction, it's probably not going to get it. I have to talk at it in order to get it to work. So, oh well. Yeah, that's, I, I have had some, it's like, it picks up my voice from my bedroom. We moved it around and it actually, I'm like, oh, wow, you, you picked it up and I just kind of whispered it. But I was in a loud party, uh, you know, we had people over and it was pretty loud and we were trying to get the lights to turn on and it was so <laughs> embarrassing because Google's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. And my husband's just about to lose it going like, oh my goodness, why can't we just go back to the switch? You know, what <laughs> is, what this is this is like when our daughter was three and she she was singing that cute song all over again. As soon as there's company, say, Debbie, sing your song. <laughs> Michigan J Frog just goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, enough about uh, at Google. You have some things about Samsung, Russell. Yeah, you know, who like doesn't have share. the Google Home, Andy and Yasmin, oh. and doesn't have microphone problems with me because they're still not selling it. In Australia, and I believe a lot of other countries as well. But I, I thought, just a quick follow-up. So about a month ago on our show, I talked about, you know, going to the Adelaide airport, returning my um, Note 7 after pretending to board a fake flight and all that stuff. The, the, the things I had to go through just to give my phone back to Samsung. And here we are a month later, I'm still trying to get my refund. I've been in contact with them, you know, via email and via telephone. They're like, yes, you know, we received this. And every now and again, they'll ask for another form. They're like, oh, we noticed this is a business account. We're going to need business authorization on a business letterhead. I'm like, whatever, I can print a letterhead. That's fine. I can send you the thing. And now they're like, yeah, we processed your refund, which I assume means where's my money? But they're like, oh, it takes 14 to 21 business days to get you the money. So now I'm really skeptical that I'm ever going to get you know, my $1,300 or whatever back from the, the nice people at Samsung. And I'm just a little bit mad. You know, I'm not the one that set the phone on fire. You guys set the phone on fire. You had manufacturing defaults. You did the right thing. You recalled it. But it's kind of the right thing to give my money back as well. Like, I don't have a phone anymore. I handed that in almost a month ago. I don't have cash that I spent on my phone. Yeah, if this was my only phone, I'd literally be out of pocket. Like, I, I know it's a bit of a downer, sorry, after all the holidays and grandmas and VRs, but I'm a little bit upset. Like, this this makes me way less likely to ever buy, like, a Samsung product again, just to know how difficult this whole process has been. And I'm not alone. Like, I've heard from a lot of other people on Twitter and other sources, they're like, yep, I'm having exactly the same issue. I'm having trouble getting the actual refund. People that chose to do an exchange, sounds like they had a smooth process. They're like, here's an S7 Edge and here's you know, $300 of vouchers and here's a case and here's other stuff. But if you chose to go for the refund, which was one of the options, it sounds like, yeah, that's that's been really sort of a hairy ride. And now, is it only the people that went directly through Samsung? 
I have. I originally thought that. I thought if you went through Samsung, you actually had a worse time than in some phone stores. But I have heard sporadic reports from people that are like, yeah, I bought mine from a phone store and I'm having the same problem. So it seems like if you got it from a phone store, it was a bit of a a pot-luck thing. You know, some people went there and they're like, yep, no worries, refund, here you go, or new phone, here you go. Um, Some phone stores, it sounds like that people went to and they're like, yeah, we can't help you. This is a Samsung problem. So that sort of seems to be a mixed bag, I think. Yeah, people seem to have a good time of it in the U.S., uh, but the, I'm just waiting for them to tell you, oh, I'm sorry, we really we have no record of you sending us your phone. There, there was a fire at the, at the recollection depot. Uh, Did I tell you guys about that? They sent me a fireproof bag. It just, yeah. I think I already mentioned that on the show. And I already given the phone back. I'm like, cool, now I have a fireproof bag. Let's go set some stuff on fire. But yes. Have, I would, either, oh. of you, have either of you flown over the past couple of months? Yes. Now, 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 yeah. Now I've not, taken like not two after th- the Samsung. Yeah, I've, I've taken two or three flights, and now it's like almost comical because not at least in the U.S. it's part of like the F, uh, you know that like when they they go through that seatbelt uh, training and they want oh geez doesn't anybody doesn't everybody know how to use the seatbelt well actually that's an FAA regulation you have to give that speech word for word and now they've added to it if you have a Samsung Samsung Note Seven device it's not property if you have such a device contact with it and we will have to turn it off immediately do not use it it's like oh goodness what great advertising and then at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> and before they call the flight, they say, "And remember, you if you any with Note Seven phones, it's like, oh my goodness, how are they? How are they? This this is why they, this, this is why companies change their names <laughs> after having the same one for like fifty years. I don't, I don't know if you can with Samsung. I mean, that's just such a a well known well known name. They'll have to change the the phone names for sure. But the Samsung brag, maybe maybe it is time to to switch. But if I were if I were Google, I would be placing so many Google Pixel ads in that airport in other airports. <laughs> Still have, have Android? A, just have a vending we machine. Have a for you. Yeah, <laughs> they have a vending machine. <laughs> Samsung Note 7 Pixel. goes in one side, Pixel comes out the other. We'll, <laughs> we'll sort out the rest. I I have seen some reports. I didn't want to put them in our show because I haven't been able to verify these. That the Pixel's selling apparently really well, like in the millions of units and, you know, Google's making billions of dollars. I, I couldn't find a good source for these, those, but it does seem like eh, it's a good time to be to be Google at least, if not so much uh, Samsung. But my, my money is still on the Samsung uh, Note 8 Arctic uh, freezer edition or something like <laughs> in in frost white i reckon like i i think that's that's the only way you're going to recover next year if if they recover at all but i'll tell you yasmin that there is a company who's more than happy to give us money and they give us money consistently and it seems like people actually use their product and love it i'm, I'm one of those people so this episode is brought to you by linode uh, Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in just under a minute with plans starting at t- just $10 a month, and you get two gigabytes of RAM on the most basic plan. So you go in there, you say, yep, I want this particular Linux distro, I want my lo- uh, node to be located in this location. It's all done through a really you know, nice and friendly um, web interface, and boom, you've got a server up and running. So you might think, oh, is anyone else using this? Am I going to be alone? Is this some weird sort of fly-by-night company? No, Linode has over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. Uh, they're obviously open over the holidays. They're there. If you need help, you just file a ticket. They get right back to you. And they're really committed to constantly improving their infrastructure. So over the years that I've been with Linode, you know, occasionally they'll double the RAM, um, at one point, they went from, you know, spinning hard drives to all SSD storage. You know, they just flick that on. They're like, yep, when you want to go here, just shut down your machine, reboot it. Boom, you've got the new things. They also made the switch from Zen to KVM, uh, which in some of the benchmarks actually showed like a 300% performance increase. So 
at the end of the line, this is a company that really cares about you know hosting and servers, and they do the right thing by their customers all the time. So it's the power you require as well as the infrastructure and assistance you need. So if you're a listener of the show and you're like, yeah, this sounds like it could be for me, you want to go to linode.com slash material. So that's L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash material. And you'll not only be supporting this show, we know a lot of you have been doing this, but you'll also get $20 towards your first Linode plan. So that's up to two months on some of the basic plans. And you'll get a seven-day money-back guarantee that, that goes with that. So again, linode.com slash material to learn more and sign up. And you can also use the offer code material20. So if you know someone who's already at checkout or you're already at checkout or someone else who you know you want to make a listener of the show, material20 is the code you want to use. And we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of Real FM. Well, next time you make fun of uh, Google's ability to say, hey, there's a bear with a hat on in your photo, uh, they, they, they try to take the edge off of it by saying, well, we're also saving lives with this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there is a good article in Wired today uh, about a project that was uh, rather re- some research results that was published this week in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Uh, they're using, uh, Google is using uh, a uh, the, the same image recognition deep learning that they've been using for all the other photo products to uh, prevent blindness in diabetics or at least to spot uh, a bad trend uh, in their eye in their retinas that could could lead to uh, blindness and maybe treat it before it goes south Uh, uh, one method of doing it is just simply they take a picture of your retina a trained human being takes a look at it and it's if you're taking if you're talking about we look at this picture we try to decide whether something is in there or not that's within google ai's uh, uh, wheelhouse certainly Uh, so what they did was they took 128,000 images of uh, of uh, retinal photos. Uh, they had three different, at least three doctors taking a look at each one and making a decision. And then they fed all 128,000 of them into the neural network. And according to the report, uh, the, at, the, at its most sensitive, the system avoided both false negatives and false positives more than 90% of the time, which exceeds the National Institutes of Health's recommended standard of at least 80% accuracy and precision for diabetic retinopathy screens. Uh, this is all being done as part of uh, the, the Google Brain. It was a 20% project uh, about two years ago before it went into a full-time thing. Uh, what happened was when a researcher at Google uh, was thinking about his native India where uh, it's hard to – there's so many people who are getting these scans but not enough people who are trained to process them. Uh, and isn't this a problem that we're uh, uniquely uh, set up to solve? Uh, and it turns out that, yes, uh, we don't know yet if it's going to be actually turned into an authorized uh, uh, diagnostic tool. Uh, but it definitely points the way to a larger project that Google is working on. Uh, the head of this project, uh, a woman by the name of uh, Lily Pang, she's a physician and a biomedical engineer. Um, and she, her team is, is, a, uh, is an entire group of, of dozens of researchers that are focusing solely on the medical applications of artificial intelligence. Uh, and this is just really, really interesting and cool news. I mean, di- di- diagnosis early is is the key to reducing health costs, to extending life, to uh, extending uh, improving quality of life, and the idea of uh, imagine uh, imagine a version of, uh, of of Google Daydream where you turn the phone around the other way and it's taking pictures inwardly of your eyes, nothing gross, but, you know, of your eyes, <laughs> and at least can, and at least can at least can say before, but it can, maybe it will trick everybody into saying, oh well, we need to do an alignment of the crosshairs before we can play this game, and then like after eighteen seconds. Yeah, we're going to send you to another website because when we see that spot of pigment in the outer edge of an iris, 
I'm not saying that your right hand is going to fall off, but let's just send you to this other website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited it's... about things like this, Andy, because the, the thing for me is that a lot of people talk about replacing doctors, you know, with robots, and you get these uh, super sort of futuristic images of, you know, these Android things doing surgery on people, and maybe that's coming one day, but there's some really practical applications with technology we've already got. Like, we've got this thing called machine learning. You can feed a whole bunch of information to a computer. You've got Google's been developing all this stuff, you know, that can recognize things in images, like you say. And you can take a really practical application of that to something you can do today. Like, we already have these photos of people's eyes. We're, humans are already trained, you know, this is what you look for, this is what you don't look for. If we could train a machine to do exactly the same thing, then they're potentially going to be way faster and way more accurate than humans. And machines don't have the problems that humans have. So we're, we are available in limited capacities. You know, you have to train a human for maybe a year or two years or three years or seven years to become like a doctor. Um, you probably have to train a machine for like, you know, after the initial R&D and whatever else, like a few seconds. It's like, boom, you're done. Like now this can go out and do something. And then you can repurpose that same machine to do other things. You can infinitely clone, I guess, machines unlike people. So there's huge potential for this kind of stuff. And this is what I love about Google is they... They do some of these projects that a lot of other companies don't. You know, Apple are always like, hey, we're going to show you, sell you this new white shiny thing. And maybe, you know, they do stuff in the medical realm as well. But things like this, we can be like, here's a whole bunch of technology we've developed. What if we applied it over here, I think is, yeah, super interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it leverages so much of what Google does really, really well. Uh, it's just the same way that Google now is a big help because we let it have a window into a lot of our lives and then it can figure out that probably now is a good time to warn this person that there's a traffic jam on I-95 and if they do want if they do intend to go to that play as they book as they booked three or four weeks ago they probably want to leave a half hour early uh, and also correlating that with the anonymized data of hundreds and thousands of other people to try to figure out the way that humans would want that information and then uh, this is, of course, uh, a diagnostic tool for uh, for doctors to use, not just a, not a, an app that hey, let's download that and give yourself a, an eye exam and then frantically call your doctor if you did, just because it gave you a, a yellow instead of a green light. Uh, but uh, I, I imagine like the the wealth of information that your phone is collecting about you. Just the idea of uh, I, I was I was actually sick. Had nothing to do with the turkey. Uh, it was. But I was taking I was taking advantage of the fact that I am a uh, I am a uh, freelancer and I don't have to go uh, I don't have to leave the house if I'm slightly under the weather I can still stay inside uh, and so as a result my phone basically did not leave like the nightstand did not leave my desk for like three whole days that's an interesting piece of data saying that, well Andy almost always goes out to breakfast on a, on a Monday morning he didn't this time if he does if he also misses it next week that could be interesting now let's take a look at the uh, let's take a look at the uh, at the motion data from the uh, from the phone to see here is how he normally walks when he goes out for a walk here is now his gait the last time he took 40 steps in a row he was putting a lot more. He was it was a lot more unsteady than before. It can't say, oh well, obviously you've got, uh, obviously you've got blah 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 blah. It's like okay, that's a reason for me to simply say, this is something that you should. Uh, basically, uh, imagine uh, if it just simply knew that you have a, a doctor's appointment regularly scheduled for next June, and just simply added a note to a little a extended file that simply says, oh, and I noticed that he was doing this at this point, and he wasn't for two or three days. He was eating only two meals a day. He actually only didn't eat any meals on that Tuesday. 
and the ability to correlate that with here is here is people who've been diagnosed with something specific that matches that sort of thing. It wouldn't diagnose it, but it would help the doctor to say, actually, that does fit this thing that I would never have tested for. Why don't I test for that now that I've got some sort of indication that 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 expensive test is something I should actually take a look at? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it's hard to go to the to the doctor. It's hard to take the time off work and you know get in there. Um, so, and a lot of people don't have access actually to healthcare. You know, be, beyond that, and so if there was a way to provide some of this stuff uh, via maybe a mobile device, you know, I'm sure having something via a mobile device is uh, going to come soon that they can help in, in those areas, like that would be really, really neat. Um, I know in some instances in some uh, countries that don't have, uh, you know, access to, to like healthcare, um, they have the mobile phones where you, it just gives them information like about labor. Like if you are in labor, this is natural. No, you should really go seek medical attention for this. And a lot of it's, it, this one's based more on like knowledge, being able to get knowledge into people's hands and giving them more information about that. But if you are able to provide uh, the actual, you know, the the power of Google and being able to identify some stuff like that, that's pretty amazing. But I think it also brings us to another point of, hey, Google, what do you <laughs> now I triggered my Google home. <laughs> Darn it. I thought you were doing that on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> um, hey, Play, how are you? Not, in, uh, not on are purpose. You? By the trucks. Not on purpose. How are they encrypting our data and how are they keeping uh, consumer security safe? Because this is all information that's, you know, pretty personal and important. I mean, we have so much information. So it's like, hey, Google, what what are you doing in that area? So, you know, I welcome any people that work at Google that wants to come on the show and talk about that. And, uh, you know, maybe put our minds at ease, what you're doing with our our encryption. I will note that just as Yasmin started to talk about security, her hoodie went on. She's like, I'm hidden now. <laughs> You'll never get well, me, What Google. you don't know is there's aluminum. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, aluminum exactly. foil so just like to, down the inside I was trying it. to hide from. I was trying to hide from Google. <laughs> you know, for someone that tries to hide Google's from Google, you sure do have a lot watching. of Google stuff in your house. <laughs> well, why do you think I had to put on the hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, the, the reason I had to hide from Google is that there is a huge update to Google time lapse, uh, which allows you to, you know, within the Google Earth app, lets you scrub through a timeline of historic satellite images of an area like a time lapse photo, which makes it, as I like what Andy wrote here, scarily easy to see the effects of climate change and urban development. Uh, so, Yay! Well, no, it's it's well, it's it's it's, no, no, it's 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 good, but it's like it was it was a lot more being upset about climate change was a lot more fun when it was difficult to really see it. Say, oh gosh, you know that that is a problem. We should do something about it. But then when you say, oh, I got, I think let's let's go. Oh, there's there's where my grandmother used to live. I'm just gonna. She remember she moved out west. I'll just scrub. Oh my God, that's where the fire. Oh my God, the fire line keeps moving. Oh my. God, I mean, and even uh, it's and even like if you're going to, I'm going to go to uh, 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 towns outside of Boston. It really is a lot, lot like watching Sim City because you see all this green being lines, 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 and then like gray, 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 and then like static, static, static as more houses and things get built. Said, so oh, I hope it. I hope that the mold doesn't spread all the way to that like. Oh, it's spread all the way to that like. Oh, and now there's no lake. Okay. I'm sure that's not going to bite anybody in the butt. This lake that's been here for for about since the last ice age. But okay, I hope that works out. Yeah, they, 
So they so they added like uh, what's uh, according to an article in Nine to Five Google petabytes of of new data and additional four years worth of imagery. So now I can go back an extra four years. It really is kind of. Uh, both exciting and in some ways chilling, where you can see here is the effect that humanity is having on this particular location, and it's you know if you go if you if you if you at the science museum and it's showing you here's the past million years, so oh look here's the ice shelf, oh look here's when the climate went up and down, it's like all academics that no here is within my lifetime, <laughs> I, I'm not responsible for all of it, I'm responsible for some of it, but here is the dent that we are making on this area, and it's not just uh, again climate change, it's not just uh, environment, it's also again here are Here's how much green paint on the map that we lost over the past 20 years. And wasn't that forest kind of interesting before uh, before I had had a had a moment where there's this part of there's this town that I don't like because it's just like full of mean people and like full of like rowdy places and casinos. And it's like it's like I can see that was like trees and grass and rocks and now it's just crappy casino and like lots of payday loan places all around it and uh damn it that wasn't a good trade was it i mean yeah in arizona everything used to be uh it was all cornfields or uh, citrus trees and now it's all houses that look like each other Oh man, this is this is I remember when this could be this, this was all apricots <laughs> 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 Oh man, this is this is getting to be a super super fun lightweight episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't worry, people who live in Florida and places cake. like that, oh, I'm sure your house cake. will be yes, fine. Come on, d- dive in. There's still cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing the data. You know, it, it's it's uh, just, yes, just yes, one yes, I'm aware of the uh, irony <laughs> that we just spent ten minutes talking about diabetes screening, and I'm eating like a big <laughs> like birthday cake. cake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, super super fun times. It, it, it's it is 2016. Cool to see the time it's not, it's not like we're going to save this year. This year is but, in the um, toilet. I, I do have some fun things though. I, I do love going to okay, places like um, Brisbane that have got small sort of, and they're not really islands. They're just extra bits of land right next to the coast. They're only separated by like a few hundred meters of water. But I do love that some of those have been expanding. I had no idea. You can just see them kind of stretching out as I guess they're they're filling them or or something. That's that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's not. That's probably also yeah, going to get flooded soon, but whatever. It's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, that, that happened because uh, Moana, you know, there's a movie. It, it explains how islands are made. There's literally a place yeah. down the road from me, yes, man, called movie Moana. If you seen it. And I've seen everyone on Twitter ah. being like, Moana, this, and I'm like, Moana's not yeah, that exciting, what's people. Happening? What's it's just happening? What's happening? Uh, yeah, anyways, not not related to Google Android, <laughs> but it's a, it's a wonderful movie and you should go see it. <laughs> And, Welcome uh, to the Movie Recommendations Podcast. Man, cooking and movies, it is it is the Google and Android universe. Um, but, you know, there, I did, I did a, have to Google the right temperature for that bacon, you know. So. <laughs> it actually, yeah, Google is just so much a part of our lives, you know. I guess, you know, like I said, I yelled at Google to do a Google, to Google it because I didn't know the answer. And I was like, come on, you're connected to this power of information. Help me out here, Google. Help me out. Um, but, but, you know, Google's hand-fed AI now gives answers, not just desserts, search, search <laughs> results. Mm, Did someone results. say desserts? Dessert, right? desserts. <laughs> Andy's you, almost you finished that cake, cake, by the and way. And all I can see is... Uh, For those of you not playing the video episode at home. Is, uh, it wasn't a large cake. <laughs> Let me just make a point that it's not like I had this wedding cake. It's like if, if this were like a tiered wedding cake, 
This would be the very, very top <laughs> place where the dude and the dude or the dude and the girl and the, or the girl and the girl would be standing. But um, so Google search, you know, they're, they're actually trying to give you better answers and they have sentence compression algorithms that scan through what would have been a web page result and look for context based on a lot on what people's uh, learned as how humans speak. Um, and I actually have experienced this in some areas because I was we, we were making um, some food. Uh, husband and I were cooking in the kitchen and we didn't buy all the all the ingredients that we needed. And we we're like, OK, can you convert mustard like if I needed mustard seeds, but I have ground mustard, how what's the conversion rate? And I would uh, ask Google via the Google Home, and then actually like read read me a sentence. I was like, oh, you know, yes, you can convert this. And blah blah blah. Like it didn't just give me the answer, which which was really nice because it provided me some useful information. The only part that it wasn't nice is when I had to ask it to repeat itself because I, you know, it was after it spoke, I lost the tran the conversion, and I was like, oh man, how, what was the conversion again? And so then it read the whole sentence again. Um, but no, I actually think this is really neat, and it's kind of going along the lines of what we're seeing with Google, right? You have the AI and Google Home uh, especially, but it's all about using voice uh, activation and not actually reading through a screen, reading through results. It's about what is Google going to be providing you in a conversation mode, which we've seen in the Google Assistant, where in some instances, this is really fantastic when you're using voice. But what I found to be super, super annoying is when I'm trying to use the Google Assistant uh, to provide me some results like, you know, what are, what are the movie times? And it's easier to do it on the Google search versus the Google Assistant because the Google Assistant's like, there's various movies playing and then I'll like list a few. And I'm like, Oh man, if you would have just given me the search results, I, I wish they would find a way for Google Assistant to combine again what I've said the power of the Google search uh, results, especially if you're looking at it in your phone, it's gonna it should provide you some form of visual that you can look at uh, instead of just strictly relying on like a conversation medium. So I think there's some stuff to, to figure out there, but it is I, I think it's pretty cool that it's actually responding in a way as if you were having a conversation. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 this is really, really cool stuff because a lot of that stuff uh, that we used to we're used to seeing, where oh, uh, you were asking, you're asking about a movie time, or you're asking about uh, if an actor, what movie a certain actor was in. That stuff that's it's easily assembled into a database. They can look, they recognize that uh, when I when I first heard about this, this is a feature that just got deployed in the main uh, like web search engine uh, today or yesterday, sometime this week. Uh, so I first asked, well, what to, what position did Carl Yastrzemski play? And I got, I think, the old-fashioned result because, okay, he's a baseball player. That's tables of information. I can easily look up the actual multiple positions that Carl Yastrzemski played. Put in the little box, Carl Yastrzemski. He's been the Boston Red Sox from X to X. Um, but then when you get things like, uh, what's, what, was, what is Lieutenant Columbo's first name? And realize, really, the, in the old style, it would just simply give you search results in which some people might have written text that might indicate what his first name is. Uh, but uh, because of these new features, it actually understands the context of the question and also the context of the answer within the actual page. So I bring it up right here, and it actually, in a box at the very, very top, says Columbo's first name, and that's those three words are boldfaced, is never explicitly revealed in the series. However, when Columbo, boldface, flashes his badge in the episode Dead Weight, season one, episode three, the name Frank can clearly be seen on his, on his ID. In the German dub, befriended police detectives occasionally call him Frank, and then it has a link underneath that to Columbo FAC, uh, frequently asked questions uh, in the IMDB. So you can see exactly where that came from, and underneath their search results. And 
I felt, even today, I was. it's hard to stump it. I asked it, where do Superman's powers come from? Superman derives his power from the yellow sun of Earth. So it's it, 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 cool enough when you use the search engine the way that you often do, which is not, I want to read more about this, but I know I actually just want to know how thick, how thin is the iPad Air 2. Uh, it's even more significant when you are talking about, like Yasmin said, when you... Uh, uh, when you're using voice where I just want, I'm, I'm just typing, typing, typing. And I want to know, is there a, uh, I, is there a sub, can I, what can I substitute for buttermilk in a recipe? Actually, let's, let's try that. Hang on. What, <laughs> what <laughs> can I substitute for buttermilk? Question mark. There are a number of substitutes for buttermilk in baking. For each cup of buttermilk, you can use one tablespoon of white vinegar or lemon juice, plus enough milk to measure one cup. Stir, then let stand for five minutes. You can also use one cup of plain yogurt or one and three quarters teaspoons cream of tartar plus one cup milk. So imagine like you're being in the kitchen, <laughs> but having having 30 seconds ago realizing, oh, I just screwed myself because <laughs> there's no way I can go back to, to the store on the day on the night before Thanksgiving and say, hey, Shlomo. What can I substitute for buttermilk? And then a reassuring voice says, well, there are a number of substitutes for buttermilk in baking <laughs> for each cup of buttermilk. So that's, that's, that is pretty hot. I, I was also reading more about it. It's pulling this from so many different sources, including YouTube videos. And I'm not just talking about like captions. It will actually, if it's, if it recognizes the language at some point, it has figured out what is being said there. And I don't know if it's pulling out uh, actual text or if it's giving you like a, a video clip for it, but Man, alive. This is this is why I'm so excited about pretty much one out of every three things that is announced by Google these year, these times. And the other two are things I simply don't understand. <laughs> and that's that's a in our lifetime thing as well. Like I remember when I was at university, the search engine of choice was AltaVista. There was no such thing as a Google. And AltaVista was amazing at surfacing porn, even when you weren't looking for porn. The, the thing when Google came along there, they're like, what if we could index the stuff that you know people want to find? And it started off very primitive. You type in a search and then didn't work and you'd be like, okay, now I have to rework my search results and I have to ask them in different ways. These days I've seen you know stuff comes up on Reddit every now and again. Someone's like, what's the name of the guy with the tall eyebrows like in this TV show? And that's that's a pretty obscure search for like a computer to fill, but it's like, boom, top result in a little card thing. I think that's just so cool that you can get, you've got all the information, you can get 12 pages of search results to all the information <laughs> sorry andy's just pasted in here who's the smartest host of the material podcast i seriously well, hope there's not I a result we need to for try this it out. Well, f- well first we need to find out is and, and, if and, google and, knows who hosts material podcasts because and then, and then we'll ask it who has sucked up to google the most in the, in the material podcast yes, i think that's gonna get the same answer <laughs> all, right, all right let's see who hosts material podcasts Twitter has this result. That wasn't very it's not, it's, It may not Maybe be. Maybe I'm gonna. I'll stop using the assistant. Let me I, use I hate to say this, but we might, we might not be. Uh, we might not Who be famous Who hosts material enough. podcasts? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, well, just, you know uh, what? You know. You know who I know. What I will actually work. Here we go. You know what? Who is Andy Anako? There you go. You can there also ask go. it who hosts This American Life, and you get a nice big card. I'm also for a dancer. Glass. Oh, look at this. Look at this. It says uh, he currently resides in Massachusetts. He is a co host on the Material Podcast, Ooh. the Really FM Network, 
pretty cool. Why did Google not read it? You need to you need to suck up to them a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Andy and Outcoach to the same level as Ira Glass. You're almost there, Andy. We just need to get that's a little it. bit higher. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't know until just now that it actually pronounces my last name correctly too. I Look don't at know. That. I don't know where came that came from. Uh, 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 Apple voiced uh, text to speech works, but that's because at some point in history they actually contacted me, the, who was the, someone involved in speech, saying, "Could you give us like five recordings of you saying your last name?" So I know. I know what that wow. happened. Surely it was tempting at that yeah. point, Andy, to just have them on a bit. It's pronounced innate well, code. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Actually, 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 it's worse than that. Like, uh, so uh, I didn't, I didn't know. What, uh, not, uh, so when it, when the the system update then it came out the next year, so oh my god, look, it actually pronounces my name correctly. That's great. That's great. And so I showed this to to my dad, and my dad was like, for, immediately he was like, oh my god, that's a, I, I, I'm very very obviously this means that like people know who you are. This is great. And then like 30 seconds later, he realized that actually though. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I grew up in like the Boston area. He and his oh, no. family immigrated to like Western Pennsylvania. So, so like the so now like millions and millions of Macintoshes pronounce it quote wrong and pronounces the name oh. the way that I say it. And oh. so I had to say that. Well, Dad, I mean, you and your father and your father's father are against now fifty million computers. Oh. I, I, you're you're outvoted. It's now it's now an it's now anatco, not anatco. Oh. <laughs> uh. So now, even, even when I make him proud, I back. let him down. <laughs> historians will look back and understand how the mispronunciation of Anaco <laughs> came to be, because they'll be searching through podcasts. Google search is going to mm. be searching through podcasts now. Yeah, this will be indexed, and they'll be like, Andy is to blame in <laughs> 2013 or whatever it was. Actually, let, let, let's let's see what happens. If we go, who, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the web, the, the who web tool. Who is to blame Who's to blame? the mispronunciation Question mark. <laughs> Everyone's to blame. Okay, who's <laughs> the f- okay? One, two, three, four. The first four results would cause some unrest amongst oh, par- boy. parts of our oh, readership, boy. listenership, and so I'm not going to mention what they are. Yep, probably that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> I will well, say that who's to blame, according to Wikipedia, is a novel by Alexander Herzen. <laughs> Well, before before we get into any trouble, uh, Google is doing more magic when it comes to sentences is that they have improved their translation. Um, so it's going to be more accurate and fluent sentences in Google Translate. Uh, so here, the issue has always been when you translate uh, one phrase in, in another language, when you translate it into English or, you know, into a different language, it never really translates as perfectly as it's supposed to because it's kind of using more like word for word. And I remember having this issue, uh, you know, translating stuff in, from Spanish to English or, you know, English to Spanish and trying to explain to my husband, well, it technically translates to this, but that's not really what they're what they're trying to say, you know, kind of trying to get the actual uh, gist of what the idea is. But they've improved their translation to actually be better um, at translating sentences. And so one of the examples is I'm not going to I'm not going to attempt to butcher the German sentence. Um, maybe we can get maybe we can get Google to read it out loud. Anyone Why not? It's so easy to butcher German when you don't speak, <laughs> speak German. Well, okay, Andy, you uh, you read the German. Well, I've got uh, one for you, Yasmin. Oh, you got one. S O S genial, Yasmin. What? Is that even close? <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what are you? Wait, are you trying? What are you trying to say? S O S genial, Yasmin. Sorry, that was a bit French, not Spanish. <laughs> Well, that's fine. This first, first episode seventy-five, we finally get an explicit tag thanks to Russell. 
So that's what uh, okay, that means. Well, oh. Does anyone want to attempt the, the German translation sentence and then? Problem can man niemals mit Desben Deckwissel lösen, durch die sie einstanzen sind. The mm. old Google translation for that would have been no problem, can be solved from the same uh, consciousness that they have arisen. Which does sound but a little bit profound, to be fair. Problems can never be solved with the same way of thinking that caused them. Ah, so that makes a bit more sense. That makes a bit more sense. <laughs> <laughs> can it translate like bad, right? Because that, that is a poor, that's bad sentence structure. <laughs> that's actually better. No problem can be solved. Passive voice. <laughs> from if the only I would have had this when, you know, I was writing my research papers from in the high same college. unclear antecedent, the same consciousness that they have arisen. But it is. Oh, you from think, which, can you go English to English? And like actually improve your English in the process. Oh. We need to try this. We need to try this. Um, <laughs> other other things that it's doing, it's actually uh, using, it's relying on their translate uh, community where they have uh, people that speak multiple languages to kind of help in contributing and reviewing translations. Um, and I've actually taken part in one of these. I forget the app that I had that it was like help Google app. Um, if if I find it, I'll put it in the in the link in the show notes and it's pretty much just ask you a few questions and you can answer them um if you know spanish or you know any other language it'll ask you to translate some stuff and it makes it usually uh, pretty pretty quick and easy to do so i think that's great because as so many things it can get lost in translation i can't believe i just did that <laughs> great movie yes my, my favorite <laughs> sophia Coppola movie Actually, this this is also useful. That you're making me think about uh, uh, the bi- the biography of uh, of Turner, the painter, that uh, that came out uh, a year ago or two years ago. With uh, I can't I can't remember who uh, who, who made it, but um, the, the hysterically, I, I started laughing twelve minutes in because he had such the the people had such a thick accent. It was like, and I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. The whole thing was like, <laughs> and for if you are like an, if you are the, a, a, an English person, it's just somebody mumbling, and maybe you can get it. The mumbling plus the thick accent means that's like Mr. Creosote, like post explosion is, is is verbiage. I would, I, I'm I'm quite serious that even just Google translating here is here is Google with a here is somebody speaking in a very very thick accent, uh, but it's familiar with how, for instance, a foreign born person who let's say someone who um, emigrated from Pakistan and learned uh, their English in London and now is living in the United States, they have enough experience to. They're speaking perfectly correct English. Your, my ear is just not tuned for it, and we'll just simply translate that kind of accented English back into English, so that I don't have to keep saying, "Sorry, I'm sorry." Can you be, I'm sorry. <laughs> or, or to another point, like we are potentially only three or four years um, away from. Let's say I want to go to Italy, and I don't speak any Italian, and let's say people there hate English for whatever reason, or I'm in some region where no one speaks English. Imagine having your phone out with a pair of headphones. I mean, sure, you look like an idiot, but imagine having that out, people just talking, and you're getting that real-time translated back to your language of choice. That That's some Star Trek-level stuff like that. I remember we talked about it on a previous episode, you know, that one of the people working inside Google was obsessed with the idea of the, you know, the, the little communicator badge that would translate everything for you, but that's not that far off. You can already do it with the written word. You know, how long until you can do it in real time with the, the spoken word? Well, imagine the next step after that is where 
you have uh, two Android phones that all have this feature, both have this feature enabled. And instead of translating what you're saying, you simply tell your phone app, I want to try to get a reservation with this person at, uh, at 8 o'clock for four people. And so your agent on the phone speaks to his or her agent on his or her phone. You're, you're face to face. And at some point after they're exchanging information, <laughs> they say in, in, in English on my phone and in Italian on her, on her phone, she says, uh, a, a seat is available from at this time. Is this OK with you? And you know that I, there's nothing lost in translation or at least nothing that I can blame on another human being. I'd much rather blame a machine and be nice to this person. Say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, you know, we got further than we would have without it as opposed to I, I'm using a I'm using a translation guide that I got out of the library that was published in 1978. The, to the, the language cannot have changed that much in 40 years, madam. <laughs> or just talking loudly. I need yes. a room. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Maybe, yes. maybe we can fix this. We can fix the social problem with technology. Amazing. That's always the right answer. Never <laughs> fails. Not once. As you shove, uh, <laughs> shove more cake. <laughs> not you're shoving not, cake. Making, I'm enjoying you're, cake. You're, you're making me jealous. I never, I never I'm so hungry cake. now, Andy. Andy's been, for those of you, obviously no one else, I say for those of you, no one else sees the video episode. That's not you. even something we publish. It's just something we use on Skype to, to see, like, you know, visual cues and stuff. But this entire episode, Andy has been, he's finished the cake. And this was oh not a small goodness, piece of cake, people. I'm so brought, hungry right now. I brought, I brought three forks. <laughs> I thought you were going to share with us. Well, oh, my I'm, goodness. Not, what, what, I'm, I'm supposed to leave it here until it gets ants? Because that's how you get ants. <laughs> <laughs> I want some cake now. I, I want really, some cake really now. Want cake. I want some cake now. Obviously, hey, these are, while... obviously you know, I should I should point out that I grew up with a lot of siblings, and if you want cake, you got to have the cake. You oh, don't just simply feeling, trust the cake to be there. Okay, let me let me tell you about the incident where like I, I got this big, huge chocolate rooster in my Easter basket one year, and I said, <laughs> you know how like I, I, like sometimes like we gobble all our Easter candy up and we have nothing left for the rest of the week. Well, I'm just gonna like eat the head of the rooster and put the rest in the fridge, and guess what happened tomorrow? And he didn't have any more chocolate rooster because somebody else thought, "Oh, look, chocolate rooster! I'll eat it." So I'm sorry, I gave you, I gave you a full hour to have. I had this five cake siblings. And- I had exactly this problem. In fact, you used to have to hunt down the shopping before it got into the house. So you'd always, "Oh, mom, I'll help you with the shopping." I totally because you knew that, like, if there was like anything good in there, it would be gone within thirty seconds. Yeah. But if you were the person to bring the shopping bags in and you happened to smuggle that thing out without, you know, mom noticing, then you could be the person to enjoy the Nutella when no one else could. And that's the oh, reason. Wow. That's the reason why, to this day, I like I, I like Dr Pepper because I trained myself <laughs> to like it as a kid because nobody else in the house could stand it. It's the oh, only soda I could Dr. buy Pepper's and put in the fridge, and would still be there. Um, I found while while you were eating the, eating the cake, Andy. I found the app that I was talking about. It's called CrowdSource, and it says uh, answer some simple questions and help us make Google products better for everyone and get started. And so. Um, it asks you when you're setting it up, it asks you what languages you are fluent in. So I select Spanish and English. Let's see what else I, I haven't installed it on my new pixel, but I had it installed in my other one. Oh, of course it's, I was looking for the word Spanish, but it's going to come. <laughs> it doesn't have it listed as Spanish. It has it listed as Espanol because of course that would make more sense. <laughs> That's your first test. Uh, <laughs> do you know what the language looks like whoa, in your native language? Do you actually know the language? <laughs> Uh, but but some of the options that it gives you, it says, what would you like to help with? Uh, em- image transcription, handwriting recognition, translation, and then translation validation, and then map translation validation. Is that like so- sick burns and or meme translation? Because I'd be up for that. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Uh, there's that one. That one in there too. Perfect for, for for you, Russell. No. So this one's actually a pretty fun game. It's not a game. You're really helping people, but it, it, beca- it can become a game. Game if you're just like completely bored and are just wanting to do something on your phone, and it you know it helps Google out. And um, I'll, I'll put a link in there so you can. Everyone that has a few minutes to spare, make yeah. a make the world a better piddle ace. For everyone it, no, else using Google. It's, I, I look forward to like a section of that app where if you're a millennial, it will say, here are of, of the fifty next, of the next 50 tiled pictures, click on the ones that are on fleek. And then it will translate, <laughs> on, it will translate that to Generation X, translate uh, that to the boomer generation. Yeah, there we go. Hey, you know, we, we needed that uh, in our <laughs> over, over the holidays. Let's see. And, Andy, um, Andy is Generation X and he's from Boston. Wicked Pessa. Oh, my God. That's so we, Pessa. I think we have. Do we have all of our different generations here? No, are you? Are you? Cons- you're not a millennial, Russell, right? Oh, yes, mean. No, so- <laughs> I, was, I was born in the eighties, my right? friend. So what is that? Eight what zero. is that generation? We are pre-millennial. No, it has a name. X, Y, Z. That I've I've lost track all of right, the way well, these things go. I, I represent all the all the mill- I speak for all millennials here. Oh, with your hoodie on. Speak. For- with my hoodie on <laughs> and my tech job, and your hipster speaking glasses, into the, and my hipster glasses, and your, and your podcasts, and my podcast. Uh, I think it's time to wrap the show. But I will. I will. That's offensive. You're right because those old people have to go to bed at nine. Oh, fine, fine. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I will leave with this. Um, is my, you know, my husband's grandma was staying for a couple of days at my in-laws' house, and uh, I kind of I kicked my family out when I'm recording the podcast. And last week I had to kick them out for extra hours because i recorded all about android um, you kicked and your grandmother-in-law out onto the street <laughs> wow your immigrant out, grandmother i kicked my husband who came here for a better life out on the street <laughs> and what she came Even for worse. was a granddaughter who doesn't respect her <laughs> and, and my grandma's like oh where's yasmin and my husband's like she's podcasting and she's just like what and he's like uh Kind of like a radio, kind of like a radio. And then, uh, you know, the All About Android feed was live, so they got to see it on on the screen. And then she was just like, oh, wow, what is this amazing stuff? So there we go. She knows what podcasting is, maybe. Your grandmother sounds of. mighty hip. <laughs> She, she's she's a part of the great generation. She's pretty great. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. And stay – no, we got to close people. We got to – Andy, where can people find you online? <laughs> oh my goodness! I just, uh, That's okay. You, sh- you sure that I'm the one hopped up on sugar at this point? This I know I need some sugar. I think I need some sugar. <laughs> if you can spell my last name, and I'll give you a hint, it's I H N A T K O. Uh, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, or go to thatname.com, uh, and you'll see my blog and my inst- Twitter, and my Instagram, uh, and also go to the Sun Times, uh, SunTimes.com for the stuff I've been running for money. And Russell, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, where they can educate me about if you were born in 1980, what the heck generation are you? I probably could just Google that and get a nice little card. Um, but yeah, oh, that's where you the find sentence. And I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter, speaking for all millennials out there. No, just kidding. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. Send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com and find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay material. Boom, boom, boom. I Googled it, by the way. It's Generation Y. Please, please don't send us emails.
Pixel is totes great. Camera is legit AF. Low light be like wow. This Android is clean. No bloatware is a relief. Assistant is dope. Don't want an iPhone? Pixel is what you should get. Ignore the back case.